0: Hello, happy new year, and welcome to episode 78 of the Liverpool Comedy Improvcast with me, Ian Luke-Jones. This is where we get to know the people who make up the LCI community, and a place where we get to delve into all sorts of improv topics. And today, kicking off the new year, we welcome the character queen herself, Hannah Carson, to the show. Now, I will just say, there was a few little bugs in the internet uh, system here so when we recorded this Hannah kept her camera off to help with the with the connection and there's still a few little connections here the sound drops off here and there but it, it's nothing that takes away from what she's saying you can still 100% make out what she's saying through the whole of the interview and because she did turn the camera off it was a bit of a weird experience for me because normally I face the the screen and I can see the person I'm talking to Uh, so it it was a a fun experience for me just having that audio chat Uh, but either way it's a great chat and I know you're really gonna love it it's a great way for us to kick off the year this podcast is available on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Stitcher, and wherever else you get your podcasts. We're also available on Amazon Podcasts, which means that you can ask Alexa to play the show. If you're listening on Apple Podcasts or Spotify, please leave us a five-star review and subscribe to the show to give us a boost and help get our name out there. And now it's time to go off script and find out Hannah's true story about making stuff up. And please welcome the first guest of 2023. It's
1: Hannah. Hi, uh, right.
0: Hello, welcome back to the show.
1: Oh, thank you very much. I'm glad to be back. Happy New Year.
0: Happy New Year to you. And I'm super excited to talk to you because you have had just an incredible year of improv. It's been a bit of a roller
1: coaster for you. A bit of a yeah. No, it's been amazing. Like, I think it's one of those things as people, We don't realize what we've achieved or everything we've done until we reflect on things. And I think like kind of like the year coming to an end, you look at everything you've done, you think, oh, my God, like I've met so many people and I've done so many great things and I've learned so many great things. And yeah, it's a good chance to kind of like reflect on that and just explore it really. So, yeah, definitely.
0: So last year you came on quite early on in the year. And you came on with Sav and both of you talked about how you were just sort of dipping your toes into the world of improv and just really just scratching the surface. But you've gone way beyond the surface over the last year and you've gone, I would say, very deep into the world of improv.
1: Very, very deep. (laughs) (laughs) Um, It's crazy you mentioned Sav because me and Sav are still like best friends now. I think like one of the most amazing things, that have happened since like joining improv since even just doing my first drop in is the amount of relationships you build the amount of like minds of people that you meet there's people that i've met with an improv especially like the british improv project even drop-ins or different troops who would not have met otherwise like ian we would not have met in boots we would not look at us today (laughs) and so i think that's incredible um and since sort of like doing your last podcast things have just really taken off and I remember when we were speaking last I was kind of speaking about the fact that I love doing characters and how like I got out of um you know sort of like a relationship a long-term one where I didn't really know who I was and what I wanted to do really outside of my career and I always felt like you know I'm quite dramatic and you know I love a little bit of banter and I'm always doing these crazy characters um sometimes when like I'm ever training people in work or I'm storytelling or explaining situations I will just put on these different characters voices and personas and I remember thinking like I tried like Brazilian martial arts that was a flop um tried hot yoga nearly passed out and then I thought do you know what I'd love to do something kind of like drama and comedy related but I don't think I'd like to do stand up and I don't know if the future will change for that but at the moment I'm not too sure and I landed on yeah let's have a look and I've seen LCI with Emma Bird a local comedy improv and I've seen her Monday night sessions um and I don't know about you I don't know about you Ian at all because I remember you that did guy. did you hesitate did you think like oh I don't know if I want to do it I'm a little bit nervous about going to a drop-in like a few people have said like they were really nervous before Gavin, and then he went and we loved it. Like, were oh, you a little bit hesitant?
0: I was super hesitant. I'd, I'd searched it, I'd seen it online, and I thought, hey, yeah, that looks like something I could definitely do. And then as soon as I'd signed up, I was like, oh, no, like, I'm going to be going and everyone's going to be amazing and they're going to have so much experience and I'm just going to stick out like a sore thumb. And I remember being super nervous, walking in and sitting down and some people were introducing themselves to me and by the end of the session all of those nerves had gone and I was like wow where's this been my entire life this is this has been an incredible experience
1: I love that honestly you I felt the exact same like like Jen Hardy like I love Jen's pieces but she always says like improv's like the tonic to a life and I think that's I think it's amazing I think that's so nice and um it reminds me of, it reminds me of gin and tonic I'm honest but it also <laughs> reminds me of the fact when I had my first improv class feeling those nerves feeling all oh, a little bit oh, out my death it's, it's so different there's so many different people here I wonder if you know oh you know they'll chat to me and everyone was so friendly Emma was incredible and I remember going in and then just like and Kat, actually Cat was teaching me Kat is lovely and she put me at ease straight away and I remember going in and just playing all these games, really, truly being myself and feeling boosted and inv- invigorated. Um, like it, It's that sense of, you know, like Genesis about the tonic. It's that sense of finishing the improv session and I'm feeling incredible. It's like that little boost, um, which I think everyone needs. It's kind of reforming back to, you know, and it's kind of like, you know, when you're a child and you just get to play and have fun. It's that, but also it's just exploring the creativity i think sometimes within different career paths or you know within life in general we're all quite set in our ways and you know we're sort of scripted in a lot of a lot of functions a lot of ways and a lot of paths and within improv it's like it's this whole new world that you can explore and everyone finds strength and everyone kind of makes friends and stuff so i remember going to that session and thinking yeah i definitely want to do this um And then I joined the beginner's course and I made friends for life in the beginner's course. And I met Jen Hardy for the first time. And I thought, wow, she's just this amazing ball of energy, but she's such a good teacher. And I met like Sav, Connie, Melina, people that like, it's changed my life really. It's become part of who I am. And at first I viewed it as this is a hobby for me. But now I just view it as this is like part of me. Um, I do this for fun. I've got a career and outside of that improv's a big part of my life and I'm so grateful that I've got it. Um, yeah, it's crazy. And I think, since then, God, sorry.
0: <laughs> I was going to say, I think what's, what's cool is improv. There's so many layers to it and there are some people that scratch the surface and only ever really scratch the surface and they come back and they do a little bit here and there. And then for people like you and, and myself, you know, there's a lot more to it. if, if you want to delve into it, then delve into it. There's so much depth to it, and yeah, it can become part of your life, uh, and the way it has for us.
1: Exactly, a hundred percent. Um I think sometimes just, I don't know, if, I don't know if it's like your soul, <laughs> but like you sort of get to the point in your life where you crave something outside of maybe your day job, or you know, um, just in general, do you, know, you think I really want to accomplish this, or I really want to find who I am? And I think for me, improv is a big part of that um and to fix, like when you said before about you and me sort of digging digging a bit deeper into it, we've had the exposure regarding things like courses, drop-ins, the community, to understand the difference between short form, long form, um, UCB, Chicago, et cetera, where it can actually take us. Um, and a lot of that's done through courses. So I've done them through LCI. I've done them with David Escobedo. I've done them with, um, with the British Improv Project, of course. Um, and Al Don, he, oh my God, he's so good. He, he runs courses with Atom. Um, and Liverpool too. And he's it, it, a really sort of kind of that intermediate version into advanced. They're really, really, really good. He teaches so well in a way that it's kind of like he studies you as a person and gives you really individual notes, but it really enhances your performance. Um, and he sort of explains the importance like UCB, the who, what, where, the premise and scenes and kind of like helping you to structure and format them automatically. Because sometimes when you do go on stage, you do feel a bit blank and having that kind of um structure of the who, what, where, the premise and kind of like splitting that up and rehearsing, rehearsing, rehearsing. Um, it just helps you so much. And I've been fortunate enough to explore different classes, sessions and um, courses with so many different amazing teachers, which has been fantastic. Um, because it's weird, because all my friends say to me, like, what are you doing tonight? It's, you know, on Thursday, and I'm like, oh, I'm going to the arts bar to rehearse. And they're like, how do you rehearse improv? Do you get that all the time? People say to you, how do you rehearse improv?
0: A hundred percent. Like, people just can't fathom. And then mm-hmm. they're like, oh, so yeah, so it is scripted then, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, no, you need Absolutely. to practice the art form, you know? <laughs> You've got to keep working those muscles, but you're still always Absolutely. making it up.
1: Absolutely, I think you know when you get on. The best way I've described it is when you get on stage and get that suggestion. It can be anything. It you know what I mean. It could be cheaper Pringles. It could be Barbados. We don't know what it'll be. But when we rehearse, we rehearse to strengthen our relationships with the people in our troops, understand them better, how best to support them, how you want to be supported, and we rehearse our formats. Um. So, for instance, kind of like with broken chair, um. We taught with different long form Harold, so we rehearse oak trees or we call them broke trees. I don't know if you invented that, but it wasn't me. I will not take credit for it, but I think it's fab. <laughs> and we also look at slackers and lately our gigs have been in the format of fast-paced, sharp edited montages. So that's inclusive of the likes of like callbacks and some long duration scenes built up and revisited um through the set. Um unlike oak trees and stuff they're not in a specific order so it's great because our shows are just so chaotic and hilarious and i absolutely love it and people have commented so many times from you know audience members from an audience perspective to say they can see how much fun we're having and we all have said this so many times we absolutely love it that's the favorite that's that honestly the best thing people have said to us we can see how much fun you have on stage and how much energy there is because we do really love what we do and you know we absolutely love performing with each other and you know it's just true and we come off stage we have a drink and we're all buzzing after our shows and it's not even about feedback we just laugh at the we just laugh at everything for hours and just chat absolute wham and it's hilarious and um I think that's one of my favorite parts of being in a troupe. Um yeah definitely
0: so we'll talk about you being in a, in a troop a little bit more soon, but something you mentioned Ooh. there was you mentioned different names of, of things that you do, whether it's games or formats and things like that. Now, one thing that fascinates me is there are some improv games formats that unknown as one thing somewhere one thing somewhere else i i've been to courses and drop ins and various things and someone says oh we're going to do a such and such and i'm like i don't know what that is and then they do it and i'm like <laughs> oh yeah i know that it's just i know it as a different name and i spend a lot of time making up my own games particularly short form games and warm ups and things like that and the the chances are even though you're making stuff up that it already exists in someone else and oh i know that but i know it as such and such uh, so it's not, as, it's not as straightforward as you'd think, it's sort of mm-hmm. learning all of the terms for everything, because there are some things that are very set and never change, but then there's lots of other things, particularly short form games that can be known by so many different names.
1: Absolutely, 100%. I absolutely love short form. Short form's where I started, so when I started doing the drop-ins, and it's so funny you say that, because I like, improv. Like I know everyone says it's a cult, but honestly, if I went up to someone and I went, Fudge schneider and they knew what i meant i know they've done improv <laughs> <laughs> um, because honest to god each individual short form game um has a specific name and sometimes something really obscure like bunny bunny which is my least favorite game in the universe by the way <laughs> hey, that, but- game. <laughs> I hate that game, it's so <laughs> crazy <laughs> um but there's just There are, like you say, there are so many different games um, that you pick up along the way and there's a lot to learn. And when we rehearse, we rehearse. And when we go to drop-ins, when we go to courses, we learn about the concept. Now, everything that comes alongside um, when we perform, so things like, you know, I sort of see it as sort of um, improv is sort of split between the performance and the substance. So the substance is kind of the language and the story that's been built. Um, and the, you know, sort of like the performances, the characters. Um you cannot rehearse, you can't rehearse that, you can't pre-prepare that. That is something that you need to work on together. And that's something that you um, you know, sort of you have within you, like those characters um that come out because they, they could come out of anywhere. Um, and those sort of like conversations that you have with your scene partner and that world that you create with them, that just does come out of nowhere. It does, because it's it's improvised. However, the actual concepts, like you say, definitely short form enables you to understand and learn the different formats of improv and long form helps you to piece them together and create these big, crazy scenes. So even though short form and long form are completely different, it took me months to get my head around this thing, honestly, it really did. But like short form, long form, even though they are completely different, they are still very, very, very similar. long form is quite literally long scenes and short form are really enjoyable games um that that are sort of like pieced together um and I, I absolutely love um sort of like um your guys so you know you sort of like um the oikas and stuff when they do their short form because you piece it together and it's very smooth it's slick and it's engaging and I think Sometimes the difficulty with long form is if you do a very very long word like a long winded scene, it can be really really difficult for fans to keep the audience engaged and to follow it. It's, It's quite tricky. But with short form, the audience is snappy, people are engaged. There's lots and lots of laughs and everyone can get involved. And the majority of imp- improvisers do learn short form first and then escalate. Neither, say, there might be people who've done long form only or short form only or montages only or, or so many different... little musical improv or whatever it might be. People might have, like, a specific specialism, but a lot of people, especially from the Liverpool region, have started within short form and then worked, worked on that and stuff. And I think there's so many... Like you say, there's so many different games and they're so fun.
0: Yeah, and... For me one of the big differences between long form and short form is in short form, if you're going into a show, you are you are pre selected for the whatever games are gonna be played. So you at least know, oh, I'm playing that game, then I'm playing that game. But you are one hundred percent on the stage at that point. Whereas in long form, it can be easier to drift out and not be involved. because mm-hmm for whatever yeah. reason, you, oh, I'm not feeling it. And you're not being called on. You can you can take yourself out of it. And, you know, good troops make sure everyone's involved.
1: 100% agree.
0: But it's easier to fall through the cracks a little bit in a long form scene if something great's happened and you, you're just thinking, oh, I can't possibly make that better. But then, And then what's happened is so great that it ends up going on for a long time down a certain road and you can be on the sidelines for a long time whereas in short form in a show it, it's very snappy and you know oh yeah i'm on stage then i'm on stage then i'm on stage then does that make sense
1: absolutely i think especially in short form jams when audience members who've not quite done improper get up everyone gets equal stage time and everyone gets that um and a lot of the time short form can be two person scenes and you know there is that equal weight um but i think in long form you're absolutely right i think especially if you're in a bigger troupe or especially if there's a really great scene going on um, and you feel like, oh, I can't quite add to that scene because with long form, if you want to come into a scene, you need to make sure you're supporting that scene. So if two people are in a cafe and they're doing like a really emotional scene about something, probably don't come on as an alien. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you know, <laughs> but like, I think that's, that's the thing. You should only really come onto um, your long form sets and your long form scenes if there's a reason to, if you can support and there's always something you can absolutely support with and I love to try and get everyone involved but if there, you know there might be times when people just aren't feeling it or people just need a second or people might not feel as in, you know feel like they can get included in something because you know they're just a bit overwhelmed and that's absolutely fine if people don't want to jump on stage that's okay like I'm known for sort of being one of the first of <laughs> and like I remember at the Hope Street Theatre recently in summer. Um even though that was one of my first big gig like sort of like big sort of gigs and stuff because the audience is quite big. I remember thinking like, oh I might just stay on the sideline and I might just come in. I might just, you know, pretend to be a waiter at a restaurant, say one line, walk off and I've done my bit and then I come in and I was like, nah, this is this is happening, this lads, this is happening. And I come in and I was I am the what was I? I was the chief constable of the Merseyside side serious crimes unit and I brought everyone on stage as we suspects and Ange was there and Ange was incredible she was yes anding me so hard and me and her interrogating them um, and it built and built and built and that was amazing and we were all these really obscure characters from the Merse side serious crimes unit. Um, and it was, it was something really silly but it's it really incredible when everyone get on stage but even though that's me also with me I remember as of recent, I went to the British Impop Project and I was performing with like, I was performing with Becky, Becky Bab and Jan Hardy, uh, Charlie and um, I was also performing with um, Jan Kenny. So I was, I was performing with all of them, they were all incredible, incredible, like incredible improvisers. And, um, and I just didn't get off. the scenes were strong and then it was, it was very, it so felt like yeah I just felt like do you know what like sometimes an improv it's okay to say to yourself do you know what I don't quite want to be on the front line so to speak at the moment I sort of like to be in the shadows a little bit like you said or like to be behind the curtain a little bit or you know sort of come in to get involved or kind of <clears throat> do like a little bit of extra work maybe you know Maybe swipe scenes, or maybe you know come in and be like you know like a walk on or sort of like if everyone gets called on stage, join in sort of like you know sort of like engage everyone, but I just didn't get as involved um and that's absolutely fine sometimes people don't jump into scenes or get involved because it can be overwhelming or they just need a minute, but then a good truth like you say, you rehearse to understand sort of your you rehearse to understand your truth absolutely, so um. I think like the one thing that I do is I really study my scene partner and fellow troop styles, what they like, how best to support them and how to help them thrive in scenes. So like when I first started doing improv, I remember Jen used to always say, like Jen Hardy used to always say, improv's about supporting your scene partner. If you can support them, like them and yes on yeah, like like their, you know, like your scene partner and sort of like, um you know, sort of like support them and make sure that, you know sort of you making them look good in a way um you can't go wrong you can't go far wrong with that like you see partner i've always followed that and like i know in broken chair we have these conversations and i really study everyone and it's just by asking it's asking what do you like to do i know that like Ange, for instance likes me to mirror her characters and you know whether it's the stance the emotions if she comes on with a bit of a swagger we come out and literally twin so whether that be two cheeky scallies at a bus stop like raving off like a new lad in college, or quite literally being a two-headed expert. We do two-headed experts all the time. Um, I always come on with the premise, you know, the who, what, where, and Angel will just yes on me so hard. And she's so intelligent. She will escalate that scene. She's a true comedian. She'll really escalate those scenes and have people it will go into oblivion and the audience stitches. Or I know with Dave to come in, come, in, come into a scene with a really strong relationship, uh, make a lot of eye contact, and maybe have a very ordinary relationship that I've styled, and he will turn it into the most bizarre circumstances, and the scene will literally go to crazy time. Um, or Dave will want to completely go up, but it will makes sense. Um, he can literally come into a scene as a chicken wing, with like this monstrous voice, and I'm married to that chicken wing. Um, so I think like, <laughs> observing and asking what everyone in the truth likes simplifies things for not just me, for everyone else. I think it's a really good thing to do it helps you to understand how best to support them self-awareness is so important not just in life but in improv I think if you're self-aware and you observe and understand everyone else and you work together as a team and everyone feels comfortable everyone will get involved I feel I, I feel like they will unless they're in a place where they're sort of like oh I don't I don't quite feel or I feel a bit overwhelmed I feel like I can get on right now that's absolutely fine that's okay too I've been there but I think if you're supporting your scene partners, and what I do is I will literally walk on this. I will walk onto the the scene with almost my eyes shut, and whoever joins me joins me. I will improvise with anyone, um, and yeah, and have a ball with them. So yeah,
0: yeah. I think there's a, a certain amount of comfort that comes from performing with a troupe regularly. I know what I do with the Oikers is is, is always just a really comfortable feeling every rehearsal every show these are family to me and mm. i get them they get me and yeah i really feel supported as much as i love drop-ins you never know who's going to be there what you're going to get and it can be difficult sometimes trying to navigate certain people
1: honest and to god you so right i think Improv, improv droppings, like a box of chocolates, am I right? You might end up with a truffle. You don't know who's going to be there. And they might be quite new. And, you know, we've all been there. And it's kind of, it, it can be really, really difficult to kind of, or jump in with someone you've not quite performed with. It can be a little bit daunting. It's kind of like meeting someone absolutely lovely for the first time. You've always got your guard up a little bit. I think it's like that.
0: Yeah, yeah. And especially if someone is new and because uh, you know i run uh, sessions at flinch funny bone in person mm-hmm. i run online sessions gossip on improv online and there's always a, a case of you want the new people to come and you want them to get involved as much as possible but you don't want them to feel too overwhelmed but you don't want them to feel left out there's always so much to think about <laughs> that when you're going mm-hmm. and just practicing with your regular troupe, you don't need to worry about those
1: things Absolutely. The great thing about with your drop-ins, am I right? I think you're quite quite short form orientated Yes. Like you were saying before, <clears throat> absolutely I want to echo that with short form, everyone has equal involvement. Everyone gets up and everyone can learn. And it's it's in a in a way it's great to start with short form because it's so much fun, all the games and whether you're new or whether you've been doing it a while, you can get up and sort of do those short scenes and have a real laugh and you know, it's definitely that equal involvement of everyone. Um, do you find? Do you find it's quite challenging, sort of? Um, with those drop ins, like how have you found sort of? You know, um, leading your own drop ins. How's it been?
0: I mean, it's great for me. I have the added benefit of I don't do these things alone. You know, ninety five percent of the time when I'm running something, Seki is there at my side, running it with me. So if one of us. Uh, isn't quite feeling on it. The other one can step up and, and take on a bit more, and it, it's very easy for us to say, "Oh, you know, I'm not feeling it today. Can, can you maybe lead this tonight?" Or sometimes we'll just say, "Okay, well, if I run this tonight, you run the next one," and blah blah blah. So I think it works very well for us because we can bounce off each other, other <laughs> bounce off each other, and share everything between yeah. us, which not everyone has that um, that to be able to work with so I'm very lucky in
1: that respect 100% like everyone the like, is, is is so lovely um and you and Saki are great and it's 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 so fun like I've always I remember like the first time that I improvised Saki or the first time seeing it I think she's she's so incredible at um kind of like comparing shows and stuff and she's so engaging and so intelligent and funny and I remember thinking like I've love to improvise with Saki and I literally don't use Facebook. Oh, I'm not a Facebook you. I go on Instagram a bit, but I don't go on Facebook. And I at the end of the year went on to Facebook just just, you know, just having a little look. And it was so cute. She left a comment um on it was like Jen Hardy I put like a little picture of me and Jen up when we were doing a scene together. And then um Jen or oh, I, I seen a comment from Saki saying, um, Oh, um, Universe, please make it happen that me and Ham do a scene together. And I was like, same. And we did. We've done a few scenes together. And it's, it's been so much fun. She's, she's so fun to improvise with. So, so yeah. Big, uh, big love for Saki.
0: <laughs> so we've spoken about Broken Chair there. Let's get into how you became a part of Broken Chair. What was, oh. what was the process? Because Broken Chair have been around for a while now. Um, so yeah. how was it being a new person coming into an established troupe?
1: Broken Chair are super, super steady. And like you say, it, they've been together for years. They formed through LCI um, and they have regular spots rehearsing every week and they do gigs. And, you know, in Liverpool, they're, they're a really good long-form troupe. And um, I knew of them because I would seen them perform for the first time. It was Broken Chair, Oikers, and it was um, Boss Feds. I seen them collectively perform. Um, oh God, it was like a November gig. And I suppose no I got up in a jam I got up in a jam for the first time and I absolutely loved it and this is back in like November like 21 I think this was time ago um and I remember seeing them and thinking they were great um and I went to a drop-in um, in Chester, it was like it was like an all-day course run by David Escobedo. There was Steve Green there who was teaching. There was Neve who was teaching. Um, there was quite a few different people who were teaching, and um, <clears throat> I basically attended that session. You were there as well. It was, um, and I had always seen Angela Maya there. She's just so great. And Angela Martin were there from Broken Chair, and I did quite a few scenes with them both, <clears throat> and they'd already. Um, sort of like got wind of me and they they knew who I was but at this actual Chester session I got to improvise with them and I had such good such a strong relationship and chemistry with working with Ange on stage Um, we're both very similar both very different but both very similar and I really loved improvising with that and we I sometimes struggle with kind of like the substance with improv. So and I'm very good at characters and performance, but substance I really, really struggle with. And sometimes I struggle to like escalate scenes or really, really dig into them. And it's something I'm really, really self-aware about and working on. But with Ange, I can't, I can't go there. <clears throat> I don't know what it is, but but I remember like <clears throat> the first time that we were like improvising together at that Chester improv collective. Like we just took it to so many different places and some of my best scenes with her. And I thought, I really like <clears throat> loved working with Ange and Mart. And I had a few people sort of ask me, oh, Angela Ange Angley's looking for your number. Angela Angley's looking for your number. A few people are saying it to me. Um, it was like Instagram, WhatsApp and stuff. And I was like, why could this be? <laughs> <laughs> why could this be? Um, and then basically she got in touch with me like, do you want to, um, you know, go to a few little cheeky rehearsals? With us? Do you just want to come and sort of like guest star? And I was like, oh my God, yeah. Yeah, okay. And like, I went along on the arts bar, and I went in like the new girl in school. I was like, "Hi, everyone!" And they were mm-hmm. all just like friendly to to it. Um, and I went in, and we went to the arts bar. We went to perform, um, and sort of like worked over and I absolutely loved it. And we gelled very, very, very quickly. And I remember it was Jamie. Jamie's honestly one of the most lovely people, and he, he's like the glue of broken chair. And he's so, oh, he's so good. I remember he said to me like, "Are you coming back next week?" And I was like okay <laughs> and then it just continued and i didn't know if i was in the truth or i wasn't but i just kept coming along uh, and and just like are you gonna make your first guest star because i just really got on the thing they, 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 like are you gonna make your guest uh, your big your big appearance at the uh, hope street theater gig of everyone and i was like does this mean that i'm in the truth <laughs> and they all give me this little look do you know like do you know that look all the good life in it too is do you know on christmas day when like you open your big present when you're younger yeah. and your mum looks at you like, oh, she has a cup of tea and she gives you that look like, oh, I know what this is. <laughs> and then your dad, your dad has no idea what's going on. But basically, they all give me that mum look as it to say, yeah. And I was like, woo. So I was absolutely made up. It was one of the best feelings because it's all I want to do. I just wanted to be in that troupe. I absolutely love being part of something and it was the next step for me. And I love regularly performing. And with Broken Chair, I thought, oh, we'll probably do like a gig a year or, you know, I'll come to Thursday sessions. I was wrong. <laughs> we have been headlining gigs. We have been attending gigs. I've been doing a few other courses where I've been going to gigs. I've been at the British Input Project. We've got a few gigs lined up next year. Um, It's really, it's it's huge what we do. It's really taken off and I've learned so much. And like like I was saying to you at the beginning of the podcast, like, I actually like look back and look at the things that have done and the things that I've been lucky enough to get involved with and it, it, it's overwhelming like I've managed to meet the like Jonathan Pitts who's a huge part of like Second City and he's traveling the world doing improv and he watched me do um cell block tango which is like a, it's like musical improv format where it's a cell block tango from Chicago but you change the words uh, surrounded by a certain topic so I remember we had the word birds and my word was budgie <laughs> um, and it was so much fun and he was like he was so complimentary and so lovely and he was he's he so grounded and down to with and i just remember thinking like oh my god i'm so overwhelmed by that that's amazing and um basically i did a course with him Um i've met people like jen oh my god jen kenny who was just an incredible musical improviser as well yeah. and i've done so many scenes of her and we did with with Thomas well Tom Hard, she's kind of like a musical pianist. Oh my god. This is the thing about the British Info Project. I absolutely digress here. Yeah. But they have a musical piano player and in your scenes, if you come on and do a police scene, he'll play Loud of Duty. And I'm like, Oh my God, where have you been? Um, but yeah, it's just such a treat. And I've you know, got to perform with Jan Hardy, who's incredible and like make songs with her. I've got I was a monologist at Jimmy's, so I did like a course with Atom, which was absolutely incredible. It was it was like um it was basically sort of like learning about UCB, that style of improv—the who, the what, the where, the premise Um, you know, learning about all the different parts of that and the different like mechanics of that. Um, understanding UCB and then sort of like having that performance at the end run by Al Donahue, which I massively, massively recommend. If you've done a bit of improv, get involved in it—it's amazing. He's such, such a good teacher. The course is so much fun, and I got to do this show with Jimmy's and. I didn't even know what a monologist was until I did that course, and I remember like getting up and doing a monologue based on an audience suggestion, and I absolutely loved it. And I couldn't believe like I opened, I opened with a monologue, and I thought, I I just love doing monologues. Like as you are aware right now, and everyone you know who does listen, I can chat. Wham! <laughs> I can I can speak. Um, <laughs> yeah, well,
0: that's fine. It makes my job a lot easier. Oh God. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned about um, some gigs coming up. Now, we're recording this a little bit before this, but I believe this is going to go live on the 16th of January, which means that tomorrow you have a show.
1: <gasps> In- oh, yeah. yeah.
0: No. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, I
1: just wanted a little bit of suspense there. <laughs> and- <laughs> so, yeah, there's two shows coming up. So the seventeenth of January, we've got um, we have got um, a gig in Manchester with Improv on Demand. Um, so I've met those guys at the British Improv Project. They are amazing. They are so funny, um, and they've got three troops getting up and performing. And Broken Chair are one of them. So we're all travelling down on the seventeenth of January, um, So that should be really really fun. And then drum roll, we've got the twenty eighth of January, a hanky vanky with yourself comparing how you feel about the Hanky Panky gig. First
0: one the uh, year, is it? Yeah, so I'm super yeah. excited. This is something that Seki and I have sort of drifted into, sort of bookers now. We, we've got a, a regular thing going on at Hanky Pankies in Chester where we're able to get troops to come and perform and get paid for performing. And yeah, it's everything I love. It's pancakes and improv and mm. amazing people so uh, yeah if people to be
1: alive <laughs> what a time to be alive pancakes and improv
0: yeah so if people want to come along to that uh, get tickets uh, while you can because they are limited it's a small venue but it's a great mm. venue
1: yeah definitely I think the more intimate I think what works really really well with short form is quite intimate venues because it's just kind of it just works so well and most of the audience get involved and I remember I attended like I think it was one few gigs of yours last year with Sav. Um, it was it was at a venue, and um, where it was quite similar. It was a cafe again, yeah. but it was a little quirky cafe, and it was so good to be in a more intimate venue. Do you guys prefer performance like bigger crowds or smaller crowd? Like, what do you think? What do you like? Um,
0: I think it's not so much the size for me; it's the type mm. of crowd. So we did a show last year in the venue where we run Flincher Funnybone from, and that was an improv and a comedy night. So we had um, Melina and uh, Joe Sargentson doing some stand-up in between. We had the Oikers doing short-form sets. We did uh, stuff with Flincher Funnybone regulars as well. And we were trying to cater to an audience that isn't necessarily an improv crowd. because it's a a venue that has a regular comedy night. So we were trying to tap in to that. That's why we had comedians as well as improv because we're trying to introduce people. And it was quite a big crowd, but it's, it's not a crowd that all knew what improv was. I think being quite spoiled in that, especially through a lot of the LCI things that I've been involved with, the crowd is an improv crowd. They know why they're there and what they're coming for. So I think for me, it's not so much the size of the crowd. It's, are they an improv savvy crowd or are you trying to play to people that don't know what improv is? And you're, yeah. Cause when that is the situation, you're having to sell it to them, which is, is weird. I don't know if that makes sense, but when Absolutely. people, when people know what they're there for, it's a different thing. And you're not having to say, Hey, this is improv and this is really great. And blah, 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 blah. And do scenes in a way that you think everyone will enjoy. I don't know. I'm just babbling now, but
1: <laughs> not at all. No, I completely agree. Um, I think performing to fellow improvisers is that element of support, but also understanding prior to prior to the gig, and they com- can come in and appreciate what you do in your art form. Um with people who you know haven't seen improv before, um, it takes seconds to be like, oh, this is new. But so my many- so many people who've not seen it before do love and appreciate it. a lot of people will come into an improv gig for the first time and I've known a few of them including some of my friends and gone I have no idea what I'm walking into And by the end of it they're like yes I took part I took part of the jam <laughs> I was a butcher from France <laughs> you know do you know what I mean it's kind of like that you pick up so much and you really get involved and you, you know you're really engaged and you know, even if you are a little bit newer, you know, to to improv shows, it can be a little bit more challenging for the improvisers, especially if you're comparing, And I, I can imagine because you had, you know, explaining things would be different if if you explain it to an audience who's never quite, you know, been an improv gig before. And um, but I'm sure you're fantastic at that, um, and I'm sure they feel right at home and they and you know they they feel good. So, yeah.
0: I think being a compare for a show just adds a certain amount of pressure so when I know I'm doing a show and I'm going to be comparing I don't even think about the games and stuff like I look forward to that bit where I don't have to think because mm-hmm. the, rest of, the rest of the time I'm check, checking things are running to time Um checking that people know what's happening and that everything is flowing as it should and uh, you know the venue are happy the crowd are happy there's all of these things that you're focused on and when you actually get to go and do a game that's that's like a relief
1: <laughs> mm, yeah 100 percent. i could imagine completely because you essentially providing the running order you, you're running the show really as the comp there's so much responsibility on your shoulders and you, you do feel that pressure um not not from your troop or not from the audience, but from yourself, because you you want to you know give a really give a really good um, you know. So I, I get I get it one hundred percent. I I can see where that pressure comes from. Um, I think if you're not comparing and you know you get really involved in the scenes and stuff, you you feel that oh gosh I'm I'm, I'm nervous about the scenes because everyone gets nervous. It's it's human nature. I always get to, I'm I am the most nervous person before shows. Um, but i think with the compare there's that extra thing to to sort of like feel nervous about but you know what i've seen you compare and you've run it really really smoothly both you and saki and we've got dave march who does it and it's fantastic and i have so much admiration for people who can, can compare they're just it's so good like it's yeah
0: i think it's something that people don't necessarily think about people just watch it and don't Always take on board what a compare has done, but it's actually a really difficult skill.
1: <laughs> mm, yeah, 100%. Like in my work, I do like HR induction, so I can induct X amount of people. Um, and I sort of have to explain a lot and go into a lot of detail. Um, and I can only liken it to that, where you feel like, wow, I'm really sort of the leader here, where I'm sort of going into so much detail. And I think with comparing, on the night and stuff, you have to explain everything, um, and you've got to make sure that everything's running smoothly, and you've got to keep an eye on the time. You're, you're the leader. You're the the big boss. <laughs> yeah. You come up and you you lead you lead the show, and it's yeah, it's because people are there to enjoy themselves, and it, it, when you actually, you know, when you actually reflect on what a compare does, it's, it's a lot. It's a it's a lot. It's a lot. Um. Yeah. Yeah. It really is.
0: And what you said there about being nervous before a show, mm-hmm. I think people are, are always surprised when they see someone do a really confident performance on a stage. I don't think people can fathom that that is a person that just before they went on stage, they were really nervous or someone that's going to finish that performance and come off and and go back to being a bit nervous and a bit anxious because there's loads of performance like that. I am one of them. I get crazy nervous before any kind of performance and I love performing, but I to me, that's what nerves are. They are caring so much about wanting to do a good job or wanting people to enjoy what you're doing. That's, that's to me where nerves come from. So I think it, it's good. Everyone should be nervous, but I like to switch off before I'm doing it. People deal with it differently, but for me, I get very quiet before I show like, how does it affect you before a show when you're feeling nervous?
1: Oh, I love that question. Um, I've never, I've never been asked this before, really. But people who know me well find this really shocking. But um, everyone thinks I'm so confident, and um, I'm not. <laughs> I'm, I'm not at all. Um, I, re- I really struggle with nerves before a show, and you know, I think one of the things like Jen Hardy really helped me with and she I think she mentioned it previously in one of you know she's doing a podcast with you um, she sort of said like I've got the tools I've got the you know I, I just get improv and I'm you know I am I am quite you know in her opinion good at it however for her she said it was about with Hannah it was about the confidence it was about keeping it grounded and keeping that confidence and really sort of like making sure that I can I can build on that confidence has always been a thing with me that I've i've really admire people who are so confident and i think you are so right there's an element of i really care about making sure that i don't you know ruin out anything or making sure that like i am giving a good performance i'm really supporting everyone on the stage and making sure that i've done this justice i always go into things and make sure making sure that any I, I don't just give something like half hearted i need to give everything to something it's all or nothing so I put a lot of pressure on myself to give the best possible show. I perform like it's my last ever show. And for me, I don't feel nervous sort of during the day of a show. It's when I get to the venue and I see the audience trickling in and I just go and stand with like Mike or someone from my tree, because Mike can handle my nerves really well. He just like, will just make me laugh and talk about really obscure things or we'll play a little game or we'll click our fingers or, you know, we'll do that. I think it's just like, kind of I have got so much energy like whether it's 8am 8pm 5pm 5am I've always got energy and I don't know why <laughs> it's 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 a godsend sometimes and then sometimes it could be whoa. um and a lot of that energy can transfer into adrenaline particularly when I'm about to perform and my truth just knows to sort of like uh, channel that adrenaline into having a laugh and you know doing like a warm-up that's really really fun I just like to be I just like to sort of like heighten my energy just that and like I'm just really good at this as well she'll come over and go woo and we'll just start like laughing and stuff about different things and I just like to get so excited before a gig once I'm really 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 excited I've channeled that energy and that adrenaline and I can then focus on the emotional excitement so I always think how do I want to feel going into a gig I want to feel excited I want to feel you know excited I want to feel switched on how to do that just get myself into that zone of channeling, channeling that adrenaline into feeling excited. So I just like to sort of be my, you know, chatty bubbly self and just have a laugh and just be silly before I go into a gig. Um, so that really, really helps me, uh, that, and, you know, a glass of Shiraz. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
0: That's an interesting thing that you mentioned alcohol there, because for some people that is their, their go-to, um, Way of coming out of themselves because I don't drink, and if you'd ever see me out on a dance floor, you'd be surprised to know that I don't drink because I look like I've had <laughs> several. <And laughs> some people, as in, I am straight to the dance floor and I have a great time. And some people assume, oh, he, he must have had a drink because he's out there having a great time, really putting himself out there. And I could only do that if I'd had a few drinks to. So get the confidence going mm. um so that's one of the things i love about improv as well it's it's an opportunity to get that natural high in life yes i love performing and spontaneity and just the fact that in improv you're getting the performance high you're getting the spontaneity high and they're just together in this like super drug <laughs> <I've>
1: been-
0: <laughs> I particularly love the feeling that I get uh, when I'm in the
1: midst of improv yeah I I agree 100% like I, I don't really drink that often and I'm the same as you I could have, you know my mum always says Hannah could have fun at the tip <laughs> 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 I, I love meeting new people and I love having a good time and and i don't need alcohol to do that i think it's nice having just like a little glass of wine just before you do your show one beforehand to settle you nerves a little bit of one after to celebrate with, you know with the truth and stuff so um but well, i 100 agree and it relates back to um one of the initial comments we made from from jen about improv kind of being the tonic to life and that kind of boost that you get from doing improv it's it's like like no other once you've found you know kind of like something that you love doing a hobby outside of outside of work outside of your sort of day job and stuff you feel invigorated and it's a lovely feeling so yeah I agree
0: I've decided that if if anyone's going to go to one of Jen's sessions they can say they're going for a Jen and Tonic
1: (laughs) (laughs) yeah oh my god Uh, she should she should she should be called Jen and Tonic that's what her session (laughs) could be called (laughs) <laughs> Anyone fancy a gin and tonic? <laughs> oh, yeah.
0: Right then. So, twenty twenty three. Mm. Let's look. At, let's look ahead to twenty twenty three. I know you have got some gigs coming up. Uh, what does your improv year look like at the moment?
1: Oh, Ooh, good question. Um, so, I'm going to the British Improv Project in April. Um, I absolutely love going to the British Improv Project. You meet improvisers across the country. Um, everyone. Um, Gets Together, Um, it's based in Stafford and we just do a big long weekend of improvising so I am very excited for that. Um, I get to do improv that I don't usually do. Like, you don't do a lot of musical improv usually, but we don't do that here as much. But I get to do it at the British Improv Project. Um, I am also doing a course with Atom, with Al Donahue. Um So it's the level two. Uh, it's the UCB style improv. Um, who's the West, And there's a performance at the end of that. Um, I've got a gig. Duh, duh, duh. Um, coming up in Manchester with Improv on Demand on the 17th of January, which is tomorrow. Um, I also don't know if I'll be taking part in the Hanky Panky gig, just because I've got a Britney vs Beyonce tribute act. um, But we've got some amazing improvisers from Broken Chair who are really looking forward to it. Um, And we're we're rehearsing together. They're rehearsing for for the Chester gig, so that's exciting. Um, Other than that, it's just going to be a case of, we're going to see if we can headline more gigs in Liverpool. Um, We're going to keep rehearsing. Um, I'm going to get more and more involved in different courses. and what I love about improv is just all the people that I meet and who I'm friends with. It's weird to think, like, some of my best friends, people I'm closest to, and some, some of the people that have changed my life came from improv, and I didn't know them just over a year ago. And now they're a huge part of my life, and it's just crazy to think. And I always look back on that and think, like, I can't believe in, like, the space of a year that I'm in, like, a but I've done all these things, and it's just overwhelming, um, and the people that I've met, so... Yeah, here's to 2023, and here you can let us 22.
0: Yeah, it's it's crazy because I've been through a, a similar experience with improv. And just the other day, Seki and I were just like, there's no other way we would have met. Mm. And in that one chance meeting led to our lives changing forever, and, and we're like super happy in our life together. And it's just because we said, hey, like individually, we were like, oh, let's go to an LTI session.
1: <laughs> it's crazy. Honestly, it's like fate. It's, it's amazing because it, it's a real sense of community. Improv isn't just about improvising, you know, comedy, it's not just about that. Im improv is is a community. There's a huge sense of community. You will meet people if you decide to drop in or you decide to take up improv. You will meet people you would never have usually met in walks of life, Um especially look, the, the community in the UK is massive. But there's also a decent community in kind of the northwest of England as well. So it's it's amazing and people do become friends for life. And as you say, people can meet soulmates and it's crazy. It's crazy. I think it's all these people who are so like minded. But he was so different. All getting together and celebrating—it feels like one big family. Whenever we all do, like I remember the first week that I went to Oika's broken chair and boss bed. It just like it was a big, a big family.
0: Yeah, and I think that's one of the cool things. There's a place for everyone in the family, and some people are more on the outskirts, and some people are more in it. Like we're in troops. Not everyone's in a troop. Not everyone wants to be in a troop. But for us, it's it's a really important part of of what we love about improv and yeah, when you, when you go to gigs and maybe you're performing with another troupe of people that are awesome, or maybe you see people in the audience that you didn't know were going to be there. And you're like, Oh wow. Amazing. Thanks for coming. Uh, But it's a familiar face. It's really cool. I've seen you at, at some of the gigs I've been to. And I just think, Oh, how cool is that being, being supported by these amazing people. And the more you get together in rooms on stage or whatever, the closer you feel to all these people. And yeah, the bond just continues to get stronger. Like, And I'm very fortunate that I've got this show and I'm able to talk to people more and, and, and form an even stronger bond and really feel like I know everyone that I'm seeing all around in the community. So yeah, it's, it's a very special place to be.
1: 100%. I 100% agree. I'm so grateful.
0: Well, there we go. That seems like an excellent place to finish. You've had a really <laughs> amazing 2022 and it looks like 2023 is just going to continue to go from strength to strength.
1: Oh, I, hope. I hope so. Same for both of us. Um, but yeah, thank you so much for having me. I love this. This is so fun.
0: Well, thank you very much for coming on. i being the first guest of the year and I'm sure you'll be coming back on the show in the not too distant future with oh. lots more exciting things to tell us.
1: Oh, definitely. Well, lovely chatting to you today. Enjoy the rest of your day.
0: And you. Thank you very much.
1: Cheers, Ian. Bye.
0: Bye. Well, thank you so much to Hannah. That was an incredible chat, as always, whenever I talk to Hannah. What I love is just you can you can feel the passion when she talks. You know, improv has really changed her life. And when I, I hear Hannah's story and how LCI just came along and completely flipped her life upside down and has just added so much positivity to it. It very much reminds me of my story as well. And, you know, LCI came along at a time in my life when I really needed it to. And my life has, has changed so much since. And all of it is, has been such a positive change. So, yeah, it, it's, it's always great to just have these times to reflect and speaking of reflection for me I'm just coming off the end of a two-week break from school and life really I really use my festive period to become a bit of a recluse and I just spend a lot of time just staying in enjoying the house enjoying the things I have not really going out and seeing people and even I even step back from group chats that I'm a big part of uh, whether it's Facebook Messenger or WhatsApp and things like that I'd give the occasional message but a lot of the time I was just muting conversations and just enjoying my little bubble and really relaxing and I hope that some of you have had the opportunity to do that or maybe for some of you it's been a hectic uh, period during the festive period and you're just looking forward to getting back to some kind of normality Uh, As I record this, I go back to work tomorrow, so my little bubble is about to burst, and I know I'm about to go full steam ahead into the new year, and it probably isn't really going to slow down until the festive period uh, at the end of the year again. But, you know, life is full of things that I love. It's full of of improv and lots of of other enjoyable things, and hopefully your life is going to be busy, but busy for the good reasons this year, too. And if, if you can, go out of your way to make sure that it is filled with those things. Find things you want to do. Find improv shows to see. Find improv books to read. Find uh, drop-ins that you want to go to, courses that you want to go to. Keep filling your life with improv. And I'm sure it will just continue to go from strength to strength. And I'm super excited about this show this year. There's so many ideas I have and I'm just going to pull the trigger on so many of them and i have mentioned some of these ideas in person or on the show in the past and i'll just tell you some of them now so we're going to be doing an a to z of improv i'm super excited about this and basically i'll get a guest on for each letter of the alphabet and we'll just break down various words starting with that letter that are improv related and i've been compiling a big list of an a to z from people all over the world have been giving me suggestions if you want to contribute to that then you can message me you can find me um, one of the easiest ones is probably Facebook Messenger or Instagram Messenger just uh, find me on there if you don't follow me already just look for Ian Luke Jones I'm easy to find it's Ian with two eyes and yeah Get your A to Z over to me. Even if you don't have a full A to Z, if you've got some words that you definitely think should be included in an A to Z of improv. And for some of the letters, there's there's more words than I'll probably include, but I'm definitely trying to get a general consensus of what do people think of when they think of A what do people think of when they think of B when it comes to improv so I'm excited about that so if you've got any suggestions for the A to Z do uh, pop them over to me because I'm going to be recording some of those episodes very very soon and I've also had a great idea where if you've read a book an improv uh, based book and you want to come on the show and talk about it then that would be great basically a review because There's loads of great material out there for improv and if you can just come on and break a book down then you know that could inspire people to think oh yeah that book really is me I should go and read that book so any books that you've read that you want to come on break down talk about then please get in touch I'd love to get you on for that I have already got some great guests lined up as well some first timers for the show so I'm excited to speak to new members of the LCI community And another idea I've had for the show as well is a bit of an an improv room 101. So that would be an opportunity for you to come on and tell me about some things in improv you really wish you could get rid of. For me, for example, I would get rid of warm-ups. They'd be in in my room 101. So I would come on and I would explain all of the reasons why uh, to the host, which is me. And, uh, yeah, it would run very much like the the TV format that you're aware of. If you are aware of it, not everyone is aware of it. Uh, So basically, yeah, I would be there listening to your reasons as to why something should be sent away into Room 101, never to be seen again. And, uh, yeah, it seems like a fun idea to me. So get thinking if there's three things that you really like to get rid of, then come on the show, tell me about it, just get in contact with me, I'll add you to the list and yeah, the show, so many great ideas for the year, I'm super excited and that pretty much brings us to the end of our first show for 2023 I've already said I'm super excited about what is to come I know the year is going to be very hectic for me But I'm very excited about what is in store for this year. I think it's going to be a great year. I hope for you it's a great year. And yeah, I hope to see lots of you on the improv circuit in one way, shape or form. If I've never met you, I hope to meet you. If I have met you, I hope to see lots more of you. And if you are interested in getting into improv or are already involved in improv and want to try out a different improv scene then all the information you need can be found at www. LiverpoolComedyImprov.co.uk. You can also check us out on Facebook by searching for Liverpool Comedy Improv, and on Twitter and Instagram we are at Live Comedy Improv. We do have a Facebook page specifically, so if you just go onto Facebook and search for the Liverpool Comedy Improv cast, everything you need to know about the show will be found there, including links to the show every time we drop a new episode, and uh, there's a trailer every other week as well, uh, giving you a little teaser of what is to come. If you are a member of the LCI community and you'd like to be a guest on the show, then please get in touch with me or with Emma Bird, and we'll make arrangements as soon as possible. And that could be someone that's never been on the show, or you could have been on the show before, and maybe lots has happened since you were last on the show, just like Hannah. Hannah's had an incredible year in improv, and it was great to get her back on and find out all of the amazing things that she's been a part of in the last year, and all of the great things that she's got lined up. So... If you've been on the show before, you can come back on and let us know. You know how is your journey going? How is improv still having a big impact in your life? And if you're listening on Apple or Spotify, as always, I ask, give us a five-star rating. Leave us a nice little positive review. It's little things like that that really helps help to boost the show and get our name out there. And if you want to check me out on social media, you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, YouTube, and TikTok. Just search for at Ian Luke Jones across the board there and you'll find me wherever you are searching. And that is pretty much it. But before I go, here are some words that are wise, wise, wise. Always remember, whatever the situation, to treat life like improv. And yes, and...